0: All right, welcome back from that very uh, amazing song and uh, brief commercial break, right? Mr. Thomas, this is a very exciting conversation and I think we've come all the way from, you know, techno-optimism vis-a-vis techno-pessimism. We've talked about the role of technology in the colonization of the continent, in imperialism, in racism and apartheid in South Africa, in contemporary governments. And this brings me back to the main focus of our podcast, the youth and their involvement in politics. I think there is increasing terminology uh, uh that goes along along the lines of the youth are a twitter generation they are keyboard warriors they are not involved in in they're not as politically conscientized and they're less likely to get involved less in demonstrations in um political organizing because they are always behind their keyboards and they're always just uh twitter warriors on social media i mean Mr, what do you think about the impact that technology is having up in, in in youth and political involvement
1: no, so the impact is uh, is obviously like my multidimensional, right? Yeah. But like you speak of Twitter warriors, like I like the idea because uh, Twitter sends a lot of a wow, a lot of time, right? Yeah. And one of his best soldiers was maybe uh, this artificial intelligence that was created, mm-hmm. um, and and that become uh, a Twitter account, right? So some scientists have, have created a Twitter account putting an intelligence artificial behind it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name who is who, but it was one of the very first attempts. And and what does the technology do? Is that it learns from Twitter itself, yeah. right? It it it, it scans all the messages and stuff. And so when you engage with the with the with the Twitter account, he answers you, right? It was one of the first attempts. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it took that Twitter account to become racist? No. It took him two hours. Wow. In two wow. hours, wow. it has to be deleted because the Twitter account become racist and start to retweet and repost racist bullshits. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we say technology follows the line of power and, and, and interact with its environment, we, we we are really like close mm-hmm. close to something, right? And mm-hmm. I keep asking myself as a teacher like what type of information do you receive there? How much like of the information is real information mm-hmm. versus how much of the information is is, is once again like just uh, yeah. some sort of a, a power dynamics that, yeah. that will reach you, right? Yeah. Uh, today it is possible for someone in the middle of Russia yeah. to try to influence you and me yeah. in the middle of South Africa. It wasn't possible before. I, and once again, it's, let's be not techno-optimist or techno-pessimist, yeah. uh, techno-critical. What right. does it allow, what it doesn't allow. Yeah. Now I want to ask questions to you generations, right? Because you are the... You you are born. Um, There's that expression that I don't like, and I think we should not use in this continent. Mm-hmm. But I will still say it so you you know about it. It's called digital native. Yeah. Um, they call you digital native. They call people born in those uh, technology digital natives. But I'm I'm really wondering, like, how much like it he helps your generations to become like more aware of the problem of the world mm-hmm. versus how much it just like consume your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and and seek your attention take your attention
0: uh, mr Toma, I think this is a very interesting question right because I think what is mainly traded on particularly social media right now uh, when if you watch the documentary the social dilemma where you see big industry players coming out to call out their own uh, people and the technologies that they play the fundamental role in actually uh, funding, right, and making. And I think, uh, dear listeners, please make sure when you get time, go on Netflix, watch The Social Dilemma, right? And I think what is traded on social media is basically attention, right? Because if you understand, Facebook does not ask you to pay anything, right? So, and 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 there's a very interesting quotation, I think, from uh, a man called Edward Taft, right? That there are only two industries that can call their customers users, illegal drugs and software, right? (laughs) (laughs) So if you are using social media and you're not paying for it, then if you're not paying for something, you are the product, right? And I think we, we, our attention is what is being traded, right? And, and that technology is designed inherently to captivate. I mean, take an example of LA here. I study with my phone, I study with my laptop, and you have to balance and uh, do your academic work. You're doing two curricula at the same time and try to balance, check all social media chats, respond to everyone who is sending a message on, on WhatsApp, check your emails, check Teams, check Outlook for the school, you know, and, and these, your attention is going in all sorts of directions, and I think it becomes harder and harder to concentrate, and the way social media is designed, basically, it's designed to captivate you, and keep you there, keep you looking at those ads on YouTube, keep you just scrolling through endlessly
1: with no please, end in mind. I'm, I'm so glad you said, like, that term, scrolling. Yeah, the please, other day, I found myself, with all the knowledge I have, I watched the, the documentary you're speaking about, I even like, uh, I believe I, I conscientize people on those questions, right? Mm-hmm. Even with with that task, even with that uh, consciousness of, of what it is, which mm-hmm. is really systems to capture your attention, mm-hmm. I found myself the other day scrolling on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling YouTube, mm-hmm. and rather than opening the video I want to watch, I don't open them, mm-hmm. I just like open them in a new tab. Mm. And then after like five to six to seven, I don't even know how long, because honestly, yeah. I feel like I lost the time there.
2: Yeah.
1: I realized that I was more exciting at scrolling mm-hmm. the videos than at watching the videos that I have selected, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is to tell you like how powerful are those systems, right? Yeah. To capture yeah. your attention. Yeah. At some point, it was more exciting for me to scroll than to actually watch the video that I'm supposed to watch on that platform right and it's YouTube there's nothing else you can do outside of watching video but you scroll right yeah. so imagine for Instagram imagine like for other really powerful platforms yeah, right that have been uh,
0: designed specifically for that yeah
1: there's 35 people 35 engineers that have studied cognitive science right mm-hmm. cognitive science not mm-hmm. the usual IT or things like this mm-hmm. that currently works for Instagram mm-hmm. and that have designed that system to make sure that you feel like scrolling right mm-hmm. you go and look the documentary uh, you will you will understand it better if you have Netflix mm-hmm. otherwise organize yourself with some friends to watch it together mm-hmm. uh, because we're all involved into uh, those into that mm-hmm. but when but this this capacity to for um those technology to have used the best of cognitive science. So science at the origin that are made, you know, to for all of us to feel better uh, to transform that into making sure our attention is always uh is always on the platform, right? One of the great things, just as an example that I love is is that Netflix um that YouTube button, play next. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's so easy. It generates... Like, video, mm-hmm. It generate videos and videos. So it's mm-hmm. not just the artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. which is already really powerful to tell you what you should think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also just about that little button mm-hmm. that makes you feel Mm -hmm. like you never finish a subject Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have noticed that but you will watch one video and then you go you think oh this one is actually more interesting Mm -hmm. you don't even finish the very first one it's because that algorithm have make you feel Mm -hmm. that you have not totally understood the subject until Mm -hmm. you watch the next video right and it's unstoppable it never stops and you find yourself scrolling more Mm -hmm. than
0: watching and time is flying time is flying when you spend your time on youtube and mostly when you have internet that's now becoming for the most part a human right for those who can access it right and i think Mr. Tom, as, as we go towards the tail end of this show it is worth mentioning that the same youth and the same young people whose attention is being captivated every day by social media have to somehow play a fundamental role in the political transformation of their countries right and uh, this is what takes us really to political organizing how much of a role has technology played in political organizing uh, in, in in bringing about governments and you know sustaining governments and removing them at the same time over the years on this continent
1: in, in in my class of uh, of politics, the the last unit is um, about start with a, um, a sort of march in Cairo that mm. was called Kifaya, right? Yeah. Most of uh, people listening now have never heard of Kifaya, but Kifaya happened slightly before the Tunisian revolutions, mm. and definitely like inspired the Egyptians' uh, revolution, right? Mm. And what was what was it? Is is the emergence of social media in African politics, right? And social media arrive in African politics. Like uh, like Wakanda arrived in the cinemas, you know? Like we were all waiting for it. It was really like um, something that was amazing. It was really something that was positive. Um, people used to exchange a lot on the social media because in the normal media, you couldn't speak. You couldn't really express your view, right? And in a continent that is that young, you can't have like someone of 60 years old on the TV to speak of a population that is 25 years old, right? So we have these situations where... Uh, we have to reapply this kind of a 70-30% rule that I spoke at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of social media in, in the continent is a moment of possibilities, um, of possibilities. And especially yeah. possibilities for new governance yeah. to emerge, right? Yeah. We yeah. all remember the Tunisian revolutions. Yeah. In Tunisia, in 2011, yeah. 2010, 2009, uh, the TV is controlled by Ben Ali. Um, the country is controlled by Ben Ali. The yeah. guy is there. He's confident. He's in yeah. power. His family is taking a, a lot of like contracts and traveling a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, Tunisians are mad at that because on the other side, they go through like a, a really harsh uh, economic time, right? When the president family doesn't seem to To go through that time, right? Mm -hmm. So suddenly, like the case of like the wife of the president, like going to Paris with the private jet to do some shopping, become like really popular. A lot of people spoke about it in the social media, right? Mm -hmm. And what you have is you have a situation where at the beginning, social media was possibilities, possibility to criticize the regime. And slowly but surely, in Tunisia especially, it was. It, they, they, they push it further, the critique, right? Mm-hmm. They took power themselves, right? And so, Tunisian revolution is highly dependent on the capacity of Tunisians to organize themselves towards social media because it become like something available that wasn't available before. Mm-hmm. You have the similar situation in Egypt, you have a similar situation in, in Syria. Even yeah. if for those two uh, revolutions, we can really... Say that the Tunisian example was the well, main factors here. Yeah. The entire Arab Spring. And, and the entire Arab Spring obviously looked at Tunisia and realized, oh yeah. wow, it is possible. And how is it possible? Yeah. By using social media to organize. Yeah. However, that was yeah. like 10 years ago, right? And 10 years ago, yes, social media could be a space, uh, a free space. Yeah. Today, it's, it's, it's way more like, on the gray zone, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, something like WeChat, for instance, right? So WeChat is the only uh, message, um, message system uh, for, for Chinese, right? So it's the WhatsApp of Chinese. Let's just, let's just say it like this. Yeah. And uh, in that WhatsApp that is called WeChat, Um, the Chinese government have developed a lot of new technology for censorship, right? And those technology of censorship, for instance, uh, if you say, like, let's meet plus Altair, which was the place where the Egyptian revolution took place, uh, the government uh, of of, of China uh, would be able to take, to locate that you have spoke of Altair and make sure the message is never sent. So you you look at your phone, the message is sent, but the person that is supposed to receive it never receives it, mm-hmm. right? So what you have is you have like kind of counter, insur- counter insur- insurgency sorry, yeah. uh, counter uh, revolutionary practice uh, of technology now. Like they they invest in technology in order to counter the positive effect of the previous generations of technology, mm-hmm. and in order to uh, to kind of switch off and on the mm-hmm. social media. Okay. And who are the two? Uh, uh, leading, uh, leading president, leading like, uh, politicians on those questions on this continent. Uh, I have to say it's, uh, Sisi of Egypt because he knows that Egyptians know how to organize themselves to make a revolution. Mm-hmm. He have to, he mm-hmm. have to find the solutions mm-hmm. to make sure it does not happen again, yeah. right? Once again, technology follows powers. Yeah. Um, in the similar situations, Uganda and Museveni, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your, your dear, your dear land. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and our auditors know that Ugandans are quite young, right? Uh, if I, if I'm not mistaken, the medium age is 16 years old and seven months, right? right mm-hmm. One of the youngest country in the continent. Mm-hmm. However, uh, last time I checked, your president was in power since how long now? 40 years 42 since, years since 86 86 I, I, I'm not even good in math enough to yeah, calculate really. since I long. Mm. Um but definitely the majority of Ugandans are born after uh, he took power right so he's also in that situation where you have your entire country that is using technology that it don't really know how to use and that it don't use and that he never used to reach power right he never mm. need like Twitter to reach power like comparing to Donald Trump or other politicians today yeah. they don't know how to use that mm. and so he will he, in invest a lot of his uh, resources a lot of his uh, thought and visions to try to control those space right mm-hmm. uh, so we knew like the first attempt was the tax for whatsapp uh, Still uh, so the, social, uh, the OTT tax yes. a, a, a little less message around maybe the poorest cannot always exchange messages mm-hmm. because of the tax um, but slowly but surely he also went to all the uh, all the important uh, international uh, Conferences, and he asked, "What can I use? How can I use those technology?" And we know that in the la- in he won the last elections mm. against Bobby Wine that was already present on social media, but the social media was not uh, um, an element mm. that could overturn his regime. Yeah. So we already can see mm. that someone like Museveni have control mm. uh, the the revolutionary potential of yeah. of, of social media.
0: And, and I think it's also very interesting, at least when you bring in the Ugandan example, how a government is able to institute a social media uh, blackout, right, and, and lockdown in, in that sense, right, that there's an election today, so we are shutting down social media. It happened in Tanzania, it has happened in Uganda for the last three elections, or at least most of the elections which I've experienced. But I also think for me what's really interesting is how Museveni has managed to adapt to this entire social media generation, right? He now has his own YouTube channel. He now has his own exactly. Twitter. Th- th- that's really going off and off and off, right? It's and, similar um, with
2: uh,
1: Kenyatta and Ruto in Kenya. Mm. I don't know if you follow them on Twitter, but I do. They tweet all the time. All the time, yes. All day, every day. Uh-huh. All day, every day, you have tweet from them mm. because they have understood, like, uh, the, the potential of mm. it, right? Mm. So... Yeah, and Mr. Tom,
0: I think for me, the other bit of it is I've also just done the study in Gambia, right? Like you 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 study what's happening in Gambia and being a a country with a very small population, I think social media has played a very fundamental role in political organization and, you know, just sharing of campaign messaging and information. I think the maximum number of members you can have in a WhatsApp group is around 256, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, you know and more than I do, and
0: in this country, the people who actually have WhatsApp groups of fan bases, so you know your voters and the voters and WhatsApp groups, you know the people who are supposed to be organising for you on the ground. And I think it has somehow enhanced the ground game of politics. Right? What I am not sure about though is how engaged the young people are going to be on the ground game of politics. Beyond the glamour that is critique on social media, that feels very easy to
1: do. This is right? totally correct. And uh, maybe I will be a bit too pessimistic here. And uh, I wish we can finish with an optimistic note. Uh, but tell me, who, who is the president? In, which president do we have in this continent that have been elected because of social media? I, I can't think I can't of think one. Of any. I can't think of one. Uh, we have uh, let's take uh, someone uh, from Tunis.
2: Uh, the Asian president, actually, uh, so the man is doesn't even belong to any party, and he was just elected because he's done such a good job at being there on social media and just uh, every time he went to a different uh, state, he took pictures, you know, and, and and he showed the people that they want him, and based on that, he just got elected.
0: I think I think Omar, the the producer of our show, by the way, uh, thank you very much, Omar. <laughs> is he has brought up a very interesting perspective, but I think the Tunisian president
1: is the exception rather than the rule like maybe that's the open question but uh, I believe is he an exception is he a rule I would it's possible that is the first generation Mm -hmm. uh, and is the first one to know how to use social media to uh to, to to build power uh more than to uh destroy uh other powers other powers that can emit, right um it's it, i mean a lot of people have compared him with uh, bolsonaro of brazil which also have used a lot of uh, uh, new platforms to uh, to to be elected yeah. we, we we don't know um how much the current power will be challenged but something we know from history is that um whatever Museveni, whatever kenyatta whatever mm. um the ANC in South Africa or the or, or the MPLA in uh, in Angola, okay. they all seriously rooted. Mm. And a lot of people have tried to make them fall since a long time mm. and they're still here. But but that is something we know. <laughs> <laughs> they're still here. I agree, <laughs> it really,
2: definitely. Uh, it's the same thing in Tunisia. We see the biggest party deal, which is another party, which has which been ruling since 2011. And unfortunately, no one was able to do something about it. You know, These guys are still here no matter how much we have campaigned on social media, no matter how many activists have spoken against them. Yeah. And we know that they're, they've even been involved in some uh, political killings, some, some, yeah. um, some very dangerous uh, terrorist uh, acts, but they're still, they're still the ones that are in power.
0: Yeah. And I think something else for me that is really special, and just as we close off the show, is the fact that technology and social media at large and the internet can be very good at creating the illusion. Of, of a victory for a political party that may not be headed towards that direction, right? I think there's a lot of um, uh, uh, what, what what the economist Paul Krugman calls, he says that we are in a period where fake news is itself fake news, right? So we live in this sort of disinformation age, right? And, and I think there's always this illusion, mainly when, when foreign media wants to back a person against an incumbent, they'll create the illusion that they are more, they're more popular than they actually are, right? And and yet sometimes the vote is decided at the grassroots. And I think for me that is a very interesting shift that's happening in politics as far as social media is concerned. And this more often than not justifies um, uh, cries by 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 Western media and and and, and foreign governments for uh, vote for for mal- for elect electoral uh, malpractices because. In their minds, they assumed that a certain candidate had popularity, and yet, in fact, they did not have the, the muscle on the ground.
1: I can see my idea of finishing this podcast with a, a, a optimist yes. approach of technology <laughs> <laughs> has mm. completely failed. Mm. Uh, I just want to remind you guys um, that my own experience as someone uh, more or less 10 years older than you mm. um, is that... The youth knows how to use uh, new technology way faster than the old. Right. For us to adapt to new technology, it takes a bit of time, right? When you guys like catch it and, and <laughs> jump on it and are able to use it way better than us before we start to realize. Just a small example. Like yeah. when we start like on this school to teach on Zoom, right? So yeah. for those that don't know, uh, we are in the African Leadership Academy and, uh, we started like online classes at the beginning of the crisis, right? Yeah. It took us teachers, right? Yeah. Something like three weeks. To figure out how we can like control you for real and control what you can see, uh, what we, can, what you can see on your screen, right? Mm. Uh, it took my students three days mm. to realize that they could record themselves. Mm. In a selfie style, right? <laughs> and put it in a certain way in front of the camera. Mm. So now you have a loop of a video of 20 seconds where the student <laughs> seems to do, be doing something, right? Mm. So I used to think that student <laughs> is, is such a great like listener, right? He's always taking notes. and Guess what? You have discovered that he can take a video and go somewhere else, right? So the youth... We'll take this technology way faster, right? When me and, and the literature uh, teacher, which I won't name in this podcast, Mm -hmm. it took us like something like three weeks Mm -hmm. to counter that. So first to counter that, we, we had to ask people, like, are you here? Like real questions to see if they connect or disconnect. Mm -hmm. But also, like, we start to realize that we create, we can create like breakout rooms, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm sorry if I go too much into details, but a breakout room is a, is is a classroom with less uh, people in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that if we assign all of you to one breakout room, yeah. then we can make you share your screen. So all the time we open the breakout room, we have access to your screen. And then we knew we were in control because we could see if you are in Instagram, if you are doing something else, and listening to us, right? But like this, 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 this particular anecdote is, I think, uh, um, what should uh, help us to understand what technology can do or cannot do, right? The youth. And this continent is the, the youngest in the world, right? The youth have capacity to use new technology faster than the oldest. And maybe this will play in our favor because this is the continent of the youth. Okay. It turns out, Mr. Thomas, you are failing
0: very much in ending this podcast <laughs> in a pessimistic note. But uh, yeah, I think whenever you talk youth, you talk potential. That is very, very important. As we close, uh, I think I'll just take parting shots uh, from our producer, Omar and uh, Mr. Thomas, what message do you have for young people out there as far as political participation and technology and this information struck disinformation
1: age is concerned? The technology can be great if you make them great. They're not great in a sense. They're not great before they meet you. The technology uh, can be great if you uh, do great things with it. Thank you. Thank you.
2: As far I, I really have to say, don't give up because... Um, nowadays I see the youth quite frustrated with um results mm. of what they thought would be very different. Mm. Um, mainly naming elections here in, in, in places like Egypt or, or Tunisia, since that's that's my context, North Africa. Mm. But I say don't give up and uh, use the media in such a way that uh, you make it a, you make it a blessing not a curse. Mm. I see nowadays that a lot of our youth are using the social media to do n- n- like nothing and nonsense. Mm. Um, which I believe they're way better than that and they could actually um really, really show us the potential of what social media can actually do on the continent if they use it for noble purposes.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Uh, our producer. Thank you, Mr. Toma, my politics and governance teacher, for this very... in depth uh, conversation. And in two weeks, uh, ready, dear friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, listener, for joining me on this episode of the conversation. Uh, feel free to interact with the content. Feel free to send us a voice message. Feel free to shoot us an email if you want to interact with anything that has been said. Uh, and yes, feel free to subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and feel free to follow us on our social media platforms. Twitter at the 4th Gen Pod. Uh, Instagram at the 4th Gen Pod. And later on, we shall be featuring on YouTube as well. And until then, rest in revolutionary love and adios.
1: continue. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.